Hola corazones, this is Des and M, and we are Mejor Sola. Mejor Sola is made for and by women of color and femme-identifying folks who want to join the self-love revolution and need the affirmation of two mujeres who are also on their way. Welcome back, everyone. We are so happy to have you with us. Uh, and we're just going to jump right in today. Um, how are you doing, Em? Uh, hi, I am doing a lot of things. I'm <laughs> doing nothing at the same time. Word. <laughs> I am currently under Michael Vija because I'm recording from home again, part two. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of noises happening. So thank you for all the grace and uh, this this time and experiencing different recording environments. Um, yeah, I, I'm having a time right now, Des, that this is my fourth week of, uh, working from home. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's interesting, like, navigating, finding a rhythm and, um, finding a pace. So I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. It's hard for me to assess like what that means more than right at this moment. Like right now, mm-hmm. I'm super excited to be here with you and yeah. and talking to each other um, about something I'm really passionate about. Um, there's food in my belly. I'm in a warm house. So like I'm focusing on those kinds of things to keep me yeah. grounded. Good. But yeah, I'm feeling really good at this present moment. Good. How okay. are you doing? Well, I'm a hell of a lot better than I have been the last couple of weeks, to be honest. I'm also on work uh, week four of this work from home stuff, um, recording at home as well. So if my three-year-old runs in to talk to us about her new best friend, Forky, I appreciate the grace, fam. <laughs> um but no I've this weekend so my partner's been really great um every Saturday he gives me some time um alone and I'm able to like do whatever I want essentially with that time obviously staying home um or even just like running our errands for the like for that following week to like set us up like I do it alone um which is really helpful for me and this weekend I decided to participate in some of my rituals that I haven't been able to do because I'm not traveling. Uh, because I travel so much for work, I usually get to do my my rituals um, by the ocean and I'm super spoiled and never going to take that for granted again. But I hadn't been able to do it in about a month and I was really struggling. So Saturday I was able to pull out my deck and read some cards and lit some candles and set some intentions for folks. And so that felt really, really good. Um, I also got to chat with a lot of people this weekend that I just hadn't been able to connect with in a while. Um, Shout out to Seb from Cafe Con Chisme. Uh, They hit me up and then Soraya joined us on the, what is it, the house party app? Is that what it's called? Oh, it is. Look at me. Yeah, so um, Sebastian called me and then Soraya jumped in on the call and it was really great to just get to see both of them. Um, I also got to see Hercules, uh, who's hanging out with Seb, so it was really great. And then I connected with Lid and Nessie, two of my like long, long time best friends. Um, I got to connect with you and T and Dorian, so it was just good. It was just good, all like a good weekend of connecting with my people. So I'm I'm in a really great headspace today, which feels good after the last, the fuckery of the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fuckery indeed. Oh, that does remind me. I did have some good times playing games with people recently. Yeah. I love games, y'all. Like yep. they are the, a, a great way to connect and to build uh, just like a space for people to like laugh and have fun. And um, I got to play a video game over the course of this weekend from start to end with my roommates. Um, it's not a multiplayer game. It's one person playing at a time, but you're making decisions that impact like the characters 
choices later on. That's wild. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, You get to decide if you want to be a violent person or if you want to be more of a negotiator and someone who brings some people together. And depending on those decisions that you make, you get to experience different versions of the game. So all of us are just like crowded around, like shouting our different opinions about the decisions to make, which is really fun. Uh, So I really like that. Like I feel it's... It's fun to have um, like such a captive audience for for media right now. Like yeah. I don't feel like, you know, you know, bright a bright light in this experience right now is getting to experience things together um, mm-hmm. in your household that you might not have done together usually. Right. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to playing more games coming That's up because cool. it brings me so much joy. Yeah, that's so cool. It That reminds me of those books that we used to read. Well, I read a lot of them, but it's like you get to the bottom of the page and it gives you an option to like yes. pick. That's so cool. Choose your oh own gosh. adventure. Yes, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, So before we jump into our content, M, would you like to tell our followers what they can find in our stories right now? <laughs> I sure can. I I'm so excited. Des and I uh, put a lot of love into these new foam backgrounds that we made just for our listeners. Um, and you can find them in the highlight section of our story. Yes. Um. So go ahead and look through the whole catalog. There's a lot of different options because I need options, and I'm okay. sure y'all need options. I love yes. a lot of colors and. Sometimes I'm a pink, sometimes I'm a teal. So (laughs) look through them um, and screenshot your favorite. And if you use them in your phone background, send us a screenshot. Let us know. We want to see this art making it to your screen. So please check that out. We're so excited that they're available to you now. And let's be real. M did most of that. I just approved. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but as we're going to talk about later tonight, <laughs> approval is really important. It is very, very important. Yes, you are right, Em. What a beautiful segue, boo. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell everybody what we're talking about tonight? So tonight is, it feels a little personal, and I'm going to be a little bit more vulnerable right now because I, as much as I am having... um a good time making community with the people that I have available to me virtually, um, keeping up with family and even my own roommates that I am so fortunate to live with. I'm, I'm still struggling a lot with this idea of trusting myself. Mm. I, I think I'm also navigating a budding relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm navigating really intense work demands Mm. um because it's the season of of fundraising and because of the the pandemic i am unable to carry out a regular event right um things are more virtual so there's just there's a lot going on and making decisions for work in my romantic life and even navigating how to support my friends and family right now, I feel uneasy. Mm. I don't know if I'm making the right decisions or if I'm doing everything that I should. And it's got me thinking about how much I actually rely on other people's opinions Mm -hmm. and approval to mold my own opinions of myself. Like, yeah. What is that, Des? What's going on with me? <laughs> Honey, it's not out. just going on with you. It's going on with the whole ass world. Um, anyone who identifies as a woman, as a femme, as an other uh, that has been ostracized, I think struggles with this. And it's, again, it's deeply rooted in colonization and in capitalism and in the patriarchy, folks. Let's just call it for what it is. Oh, my gosh. And, what mm-hmm. what defenses do I have? <laughs> <laughs> Can this Kovija protect me from all Look, those honey. things? Look at the way. <laughs> so, and again, Em and I are not experts, y'all. But 
um, in my short 33 question mark years of life, um, I've had to do a lot of, it's almost like this, this sense of renewal. Every time you go through a breakup, you lose somebody, you grieve something like a lot of us are doing right now, um, we lose the ability to trust ourselves. And I mean, and again, it's rooted in the idea that people who identify as women, as femme, as, you know, non-binary, as anything that others you, we've never been validated ever. We've constantly had to seek approval. We've constantly had to ask for permission, whether it's to love, to exist, to do anything. Shit, we didn't get the right. I mean, y'all know the history. Like, I don't have to walk you through this, right? And so it doesn't shock me that we spend a lot of time not trusting ourselves and not thinking that we're making the right decision or not you know, or thinking that we're not doing enough or whatever it might be all of that boils down to the idea that we that we don't trust ourselves and you know learning to do that i think for somebody like myself that grew up in a very abusive home that like never really had her parents around that had to do a lot of things alone like you, there's this sense of renewal when you come out on the other end, right? And and it's a renewal of your power. When, when you're able to step back into trusting yourself, trusting your body, right? Like our ancestors knew better. And I can almost guarantee you there were people who were you know who were there when colonizers arrived and they were like nah bro like why are you trusting this person oh no and and i can almost guarantee you it was probably somebody who identified as a woman (laughs) or you know and they're probably like don't don't do that don't trust these people Mm -hmm. and they did it anyways and here we are all these Mm -hmm. years later but it's it's this idea of like stepping back into that power right and recognizing that after you lose something, after you mourn something, after something changes, there there's this sense of of blooming life that has to come from the remains of something that used to be alive. Right? And and that's where your sense of trust starts to come back. But it it never ceases to amaze me that regardless of how many times I've done that and I've been able to to have seasons in my life where I trust myself very much and I don't have to ask for people's opinion and I don't you know and I just do whatever I want, I want because I am listening to my ancestors and I am trusting my body and I'm doing all these things we still come back to this sense of like needing approval right or needing someone else's opinion to to make us feel quote unquote like we aren't crazy right and it's it's really difficult for us to trust our hard-earned knowledge and use it to take on like new challenges or feel this like renewed sense of enthusiasm for things because again we've just never been given the validation to trust mm-hmm. ourselves mhm and what what do you think is happening in this moment right now to have me feeling this way or like other people who may be feeling you mentioned grief like what am i what are mm. we grieving oh gosh we're there's a lot of things that that we're grieving like i myself and i know a couple of things i'm grieving you're grieving right like we we had plans with the incredible cast of chicanas cholas y chisme to put on an event for our community for our listeners and that got shut down right like mm-hmm. We had plans to do a photo shoot, you know, with our girl Zareen. That got shut down. Like, you were going to come back to L.A. We were going to, you know, chat with our friends over at Café Rebelde. That, I mean, I still was able to meet with Armando, but, like, all of these things that we were anticipating, right? Like, the spring is coming. For all of y'all in Boston, you got a 68-degree day the other day. Oh, it was gorgeous. Hey, boo. Right. Those are days when like y'all go out and you sunbathe and us in California are like 68 degrees, put on a sweater. But it's like you don't get to do that (laughs) right now. You know, you because I mean, you could do it on your porch, 
but we're we're grieving simple things like like literally just having the option to leave your house. You don't have that option right now. If it isn't for something that you absolutely need to sustain yourself or your someone that you're caring for or a child or a family member who can't go to the store, right? Like we're being told to just sit and wait. And the I think the hardest thing about this is that there's no anticipation as to when we're going to be able to do things again. Like folks keep thinking, oh, maybe the end of April. And now we're hearing, Mm-mm, boo, it's probably going to look like the end of May, right? And a lot of us are grieving, like not being able to celebrate our birthdays the way that we normally would. For some of us, like that's a whole ass week of celebration, right? Or like, a month. Or a month. Hey, <laughs> word. Okay. I mean, it used to be a month before I had a child. Let's be real. Shout out to Nessie and Lydia. Nessie's birthday <laughs> is in, ju- Nessie and I are a month apart, y'all. It's wild. And Lydia is <laughs> right in the middle. So we would literally celebrate from the end of June to the end of July. Anyways, those were the days. That needs but to it's, happen. Okay. Look it. <laughs> and it's and we have to continue. And I think the the little bouts of of hope that we do get is this feeling of like when all of this is over, right? And we get to start making these like plans tentative. But even then, like there's just this massive sense of loss. And when when the things that you believe in your daily are just normal. And they're just a part of your routine and you can trust those things to happen day in and day out, right? You trust that you're going to wake up in the morning. You trust that you're going to sit on your commute. You trust that you're going to have to work. You you know how to make decisions based on this routine. It's easy. It's easy for us not to need all the extra validation. It's easy for us to sit in space and make these decisions. But when your routine and the things that you know as your everyday life are ripped away from you, literally from one day to the next, you no longer, it's like you don't, you don't know how to make those decisions anymore because you don't know what's going to impact your decision. Like you could decide to throw that fundraiser in June But what if we still stuck in June? And so your sense of trust in even like the everyday things that you do that just allow you to function are gone. And so, of course, you need this sense of validation, especially now more than ever, because things are so incredibly uncertain. They're so uncertain. They are. And I feel like that that speaks so much truth to what I'm experiencing right now. Like I didn't realize how much comfort I, I felt from my routine and my schedule and, you know, doing the same walk to the train station every day and the rhythm of riding the train, the pace of like getting to the gym, Mm -hmm. going to work and all those interactions you have on a daily basis and how much, how important they are to your everyday right and I mean I I understood that loss like almost immediately like tell a Sagittarius to stay home Ooh. and we're gonna feel that pain yeah <laughs> word and uh, yeah word <laughs> you know one of my good friends Juliana also Sagittarius uh she shared this meme with me and it was you know uh, a girl like with a crying face and just the caption said something like let me see your passport and ticket or something. And the message was like, I can't wait to hear these words again. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you go to the airport. <laughs> um, so like I felt that loss immediately, the loss of right. like the freedom to leave and and to go places um, and to, to gather with other people. Right. Um, and what I didn't realize until just a f- these last few days leading up to our conversation now is this I feel like my inner compass is off Mm, girl and I'm I'm not sure if it's the full moon if it's my cycle like I don't know what's making me feel so uneasy about my own decisions like I don't know how to ground myself in reality right now Mm -hmm. because so much of reality feels so daunting Mm mm-hmm and I'm like, is it daunting? 
am I, am I thinking, you know, or is it in my head? Um, is it, am I being realistic or am I being sadistic? I don't know. Mm. And, and then I'm even trying to make little decisions about like this person I'm dating. Do I feel the connection that I think I feel with them or is it being amplified because of this dire situation we're in and I feel more of a need for human connection than before. Ooh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I can't ask them this question. No. Oh, gosh, no. Poor. Their poor little soul. Please don't do that. Uh -uh. So I'm I'm sitting here, you know, journaling, looking at my my sage. Mm, Um, Yes. And, you know, looking to you, like you are, you're one of those mirrors. We were talking mm-hmm. just briefly before our conversation um, about mirror work. Yeah. And the reflections that you need to, to ground yourself in reality. Like, can mm-hmm. you, can you speak more to that? Like, what is, what does that mean to you? Oh gosh. So mirror work. And let me tell you all right now, our ancestors have been practicing mirror work forever it is literally this practice of going inward right and when your compass is off when you can't trust yourself the mirror is clouded and I think something that a lot of us are being forced to do right now is grapple with those shadow beasts that's why our compass is off shadow beast the look on your face boo girl i play a lot of video games i know how to take down a video game beast but a shadow beast in my own soul Mm -hmm. what is that oh they exist honey they exist oh my Uh, and i just threw that on them i didn't mention that before we talked so my bad boo (laughs) but but it that's the reality so what happens is your mirror gets really clouded it's called a smoking mirror and it's also one of my cards, which is why I'm very familiar with it. But it's it's this sense of like your compass is off. You can't trust yourself. So you are forced to find ways to to do that mirror work still, whether it's through journaling, through finding somebody on the outside that can help that, right? Your peers, your friends, whoever it is. You know, we talked about, um, oh gosh, where is it? Like, where are your mirrors? Where are you placing them in your life? Like, are you doing things to help you process? Who are your mirrors? Who is it that you're trusting to help guide you through some of these decisions, right? Is it the clerk at the grocery store who just helped you prep for the next week? Or is it friends that have been on this journey with you for a really long time? And, you know, what does it look like for them to either validate what you're feeling or provide the wake-up call that you might need, right? Or the reminder that all of these things may feel really great, but they're just being a good person, right? They're not necessarily, you know, anything super stellar. They're just a good person. So really recognizing that you have to, if you can't do the inward, if you can't do the work with yourself on the inside because your compass is off, what are you setting up in place that's going to help you either see and validate what you're already feeling or is going to help you see that maybe we need to pivot, right? Girl, I'm going to I'm going to break open my emergency chocolate now after that. <laughs> my comfort chocolate. Do it. We're 20 minutes in and I need comfort chocolate. And that is okay. <laughs> And that, that is the feeling of mirror work. It's never comfortable. It's, um, it's very rarely at the beginning validating, but that's, that's what it takes. You have to, you have to look inward. And it's funny because in the organization that Em and I work with for, anyways, um, we talk a lot about doing that as an organization, Right. And so how does that manifest like not just in in you as a person, but how does it how does it manifest in all of the other spaces that we occupy? 
because you can't just do mirror work in your personal life and in your personal relationships. Like you also have to do that in your workspaces and in your creative spaces, right? Like M and I are very much mirrors for each other in this journey. Some days and M comes with a topic and I'm like, not nah, girl, like I'm not feeling it. I need you to like, tell me what are we doing? Right. True. And she, she provides this vision and I can, I can sit in front of her figuratively over the phone and see it. Right. Because mm. she is she is my mirror. And and sometimes it takes a little longer. Right. But that's part of the work. And it has to happen the same way with yourself. You have to ask the questions. You have to do the writing. You've got to you've got to face the pieces that make you really uncomfortable. And because we're all stuck in our homes, a lot of that stuff is starting to come up now. And that's mm. probably what has you feeling like your compass is off because there isn't a sense of normalcy. Like I keep hearing folks saying like, find a routine in your new normal. And I'm like, nah, I refuse to accept that this is going to be a new normal. This is temporary. I don't know for how long, but it's temporary, right? And so you find a temporary routine that allows you to get as much done as you can whether that's just rolling out of bed to feed your body or it's rolling out of bed, taking a shower, doing your work, whatever level of productivity that is, and and you, you do what you can with it, right? I have refused to like put my kid on a schedule to get us into a routine, to do all these things, to feel like we have to fill our days because you're also not allowing yourself to grieve. You're also not allowing yourself to feel these emotions and to work through them. You just continue to mask. And that's not good either. Mm. Right? So while the uncertainty doesn't feel good, the masking of it isn't good for you either. Do you think a routine can do that? Do you think a routine can prevent you from facing your, your mirror beasts? Oh, we absolutely. Because you cloud your day with so many things to do that you don't have an opportunity to just sit still. Mm. And when that opportunity finally arises, whether it's when all of this is over or in a few weeks from now, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Because eventually it'll happen. It it happens to all of us, whether it's now, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you you have to confront whatever it is you're struggling with that doesn't allow you to trust yourself. You yeah. have to. Yeah. I hate to break it to you, fam. <laughs> <laughs> and it and you don't just confront it once. You're going to confront it over and over again, especially when you feel like you failed at something or you're disappointed in yourself or a relationship didn't work, or a friendship went astray. Like, those are the times when we really feel like we can't trust ourselves. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of times that happens because we're not listening to our bodies. Interesting. Like, the like different things manifest in our sense of direction because mm-hmm. we're physically neglecting ourselves? Absolutely. Yeah, I th- I think I think another thing that a lot of this is focusing us to do is is really getting in touch with our bodies again and what it means to listen to what your body needs. I cannot tell you how many times a day people are like, I'm just eating to eat and I really need to stop doing that. Like they're so aware that they're just sitting there. They're not really hungry. They're just eating. And they're like, maybe I should just eat when I'm hungry. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Sure, that's a concept. Or I've heard I've had other folks that are like, you know, now that I haven't been talking to this person for a little while, I don't really even know if there was much of a relationship there. And I'm like, hmm, wow, would you look at that, right? And so we we disconnect from our bodies. Yeah, I think a lot of times we're so caught up in in our routine, in the day-to-day, right? That you don't listen to your to your body when it's telling you to gut check 
and you have to spend all this time in your routine, like navigating certain people, for you know, being in certain relationships. And then all of a sudden you're alone and you're away from those people for a little bit. Ain't nobody checking in on you. They're not asking how you're doing. That's a gut check. Your body probably told you that individual wasn't good for you, but you didn't listen. Sorry, I'm <laughs> reacting facially because I have a mouthful of chocolate right now. Uh. No, you're good. Like, and, and it happens in other ways too. Like, and I don't want this to come across as like shaming because it's because it's not. But one of the things that I have seen a lot is folks are like, I'm just eating to eat. And I'm like, yeah, that happens because you don't have your routine set in place, right? And a lot of my friends are like, maybe I should just eat when I'm hungry. And I'm like, mm-hmm, listen to your body. Like, just because you don't have your routine doesn't mean that you you throw all of that out the window, right? It It means that you really start to listen and pay attention to what your body is telling you. If you're waking up day in and day out and you're still tired, I can almost guarantee you it's because you filled your whole ass day with a routine and you haven't given yourself the chance to listen to your body. You haven't been able to grieve. You haven't been able to really think about what it is that's happening around us and you don't have to give it that much space like I'm not saying you know take a week off and sit there and grieve and write and do whatever but you we've got to acknowledge that like we're we're living through something that is so it's no one that I know including my 93 year old grandfather has lived through something like this before right unprecedented right and the more time we take to get in touch with our bodies again in all ways, right? Like listening to when it, to it when it when it's achy, if it's hungry, if it's if it needs something, if it desires something, like learning how to fulfill that without needing the validation, without needing the routine. Do what your body is asking you to do. And I can almost guarantee that like little by little that compass will start to you know reorient itself you'll start to feel like you again and when when we eventually get to be back out and create a new routine create a new sense of normalcy you will be in a position where you can have conversations with yourself with your body you can look at your own mirror and and really decipher what's good and what you what you should pour into and what maybe what you shouldn't, right? If the hair on the back of your neck stands when somebody walks into a room, that is your ancestors telling you to get out, right? <laughs> like le- learn how to listen to your body. What what does that bad omen feel like for you, Des? How do you how do you know when when you're sensing something that is a, a red flag or a warning? Mm, there's a couple things. I think it depends. If I'm coming into a new space, uh, sometimes my body will physically not let me go into a room. Uh, like literally mm. my feet will stop and my body's like, Mm-mm, nah, girl, we ain't doing that. We're not going in there. Um, and I'll have to tell people like, you know what? I'll just wait for you outside. Um. If we're going to like a gathering, like a party or something, and that happens, there have been a few times where I've had to tell my friends like, hey, I'm really not feeling this. Like, I'm going to go. Y'all are welcome to stay, but I don't feel good here. And most of the time, my friends will follow my lead um, because y'all already know. But um, (laughs) yeah, I so there's that instance. There's also times when literally the little tiny hairs on the back of my neck will stand. It's not a goosebump mm. feeling because a goosebump feeling usually comes when it's like something really good or really fresh or like really happy. Um, but literally, it's almost like like somebody's reaching to the back of my neck and pulling on those like little hairs that aren't long enough to get into a ponytail. Oh, my goodness. To like stop me from something. Right. Um Other times it's like a gut check. Like I'll, I'll have a conversation with someone and I get really nauseous. And I can't figure out why. And that's the one that I question the most. I'm like, did I eat something? Did I eat today? Like, have I had enough water? 
And when I check all of those things and I still feel nauseous, I'm like, "Mm, there's something about this that isn't right. Like, I can't trust this. And I'm not going to say that I listen to my body every single time because I don't. I think all of us are guilty of not listening to our bodies. And the times that I haven't, it it's come back to bite me. Usually in the cards, ancestors are like, oh, you're asking us about that again? Well, guess what? <laughs> oh, no. That's just rude. That's so petty, ancestors. I'm just kidding. Please don't come for me. They can't. I've got you so protected, girl. It's wild. Um, but it's, oh, my goodness. I love you, too. You. But, yeah, it's it's just learning to listen when your body does something that it doesn't normally do when you walk into a space. You know, and you can ask yourself all the questions like, did I eat something I shouldn't have eaten? Am I gurgly because, you know, whatever. If it's sometimes it can be sometimes I think it's a reaction to the climate. I'm like, did I walk into a room that was really cold? Um, But like nine times out of ten, it's yeah, it's my body telling me to get out. The situation isn't safe. The person can't be trusted. Um. And I don't always feel it, but, you know. And I think it's so interesting, like, talking about food and, and people and and your physical self. Because I feel like I've done a lot of work around my relationship mm-hmm. with food to cultivate, like, a good mind-body connection. Right. Um, and mindful eating practices. Like, I, I don't really snack I'm not the person who's snacking all day I know that I can snack if I'm bored um but I I feel confident and I'm grateful for this connection that I have with my body and food now where it's more about like oh you know maybe I'll indulge in a piece of chocolate every now and then um I have this bag of like those Ghirardelli chocolates I've had for like four months and I still haven't finished it all you know yeah. So, yeah, because it's, it's a once in a while little thing for me. Um, but, you know, I'm more big on like maybe I need tea, maybe I need water. Um, I don't I've broken that uh, that age old, um, at least in my household, rule of like you have to eat everything on your plate. Oof, um, that is so toxic. It's so toxic and this idea of scarcity like you have to eat because you need to show that you're grateful for the meal that you have mm-hmm. and right. I you know I, I don't engage in that kind of those eating habits anymore and it took me a long time to break that too yeah so I I feel grateful for having that kind of mind-body connection with my food and um I'm wondering about how that relates to people and, un- mm. you know, I can, I know when I'm full, I know when I'm craving something, I know when I'm I'm actually just thirsty <laughs> for <laughs> maybe she just needs a cup of water, not a bag of hot Cheetos. Um, right. And I don't know yet how to transfer that same level of confidence on those triggers that tell me what my body needs when I'm dealing with food and the triggers that my body feels get set off when I'm in a difficult uh, conversation or I'm interacting mm. with somebody who I don't really vibe with. Mm. Hmm. I think it's more easy for, I, I know this about myself with men, um, mm. with men who I don't vibe with, I am very easily sure that I am right about them. <laughs> and- <laughs> I am right about us not getting along. Yeah. I think it's harder when I like the person. Mm. And I think it's harder still when someone is my close friend. Um, Oh, girl. We we getting. Okay. I know that I've. I know that something that I use as a response when I'm uncomfortable is being defensive. Mm hmm. And I feel like sometimes I don't know to trust that defensiveness I feel with my own friends. Hmm. Like, am I being a bad person in those moments? Or are they doing or saying something that I should be upset about? Interesting. That's really interesting. And I feel less inclined to... 
mm, bring it up in the moment, maybe. Mm-hmm. I I usually let things with friends simmer for a while. Interesting. I mean, I'm very similar in that, <laughs> but I've also I've also now gone from a place of like I'm just not going to deal with it. Mm. Because. And I think when it's it's funny because I'm I'm like sitting here and I'm like has Em ever gotten defensive with me? <laughs> Have I? You know, I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't I can't pinpoint a time mm. that you have. I mean, I can't remember. Maybe I do. You remember? Is there a time that you've gotten defensive? With me? Let me refer to my detailed diary. Please, please do. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so, Des. And I think it's because you're so forthcoming and you're so honest. Mm. Even when, like, when you and I, like, don't, it's not like we disagree, but we're we're seeking more understanding about the other person when we're mm-hmm. working creatively or when we're navigating, like, um, relationships with people. Mm-hmm. I think you're very straightforward and I think that's that brings me a lot of comfort because I'm not second guessing your intentions right that's where it is what that's why what you that? get defensive because you're second guessing their intentions the moment that you have to second guess somebody's intentions that should be a clear sign that there's very little to no trust there Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yes, I, because not once have I ever had to question your intentions, T's intentions, Nessie's intentions, Lid's intentions. People who I've had to question their intentions in my life are no longer a part of my life because they either showed me that there was no trust or I just got tired of having to make assumptions about their intentions. Oh my goodness. And well, wow, sorry, you're breaking my brain a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. So how do you ever think that, that you could be like, would I be at fault in situations where I'm second guessing someone's intentions? Am I bringing in like, like, let's say, you know, you're, you're bringing in like, you've been hurt by someone before a friend mm-hmm. or, or a romantic partner. And mm-hmm. when you find yourself in a similar situation with someone else and you start bringing in the same kind of hurt or, or you're interpreting the signs that you now see clearly from the past situation and you're like applying them to this new situation. Is that fair to that person? then like if you've been hurt before for you to carry over some of that caution that you that you navigate with now it's interesting that you use the word caution because when I think of caution I think of you setting yourself up you know like the <laughs> it's funny that I have this in in this picture in my head right now, but it's oh, the most relevant me. thing. Mm-hmm. So my Mariale, um, childhood best friend, she does um, her workout of choice is pole dancing. She is phenomenal. Are y'all. you serious? Like, dead serious. She this is my sexiest hero. shit ever. She is so good at it. I need links. Well, because I mean her Instagram, I is all over. Um, <laughs> but. Because everything's closed right now, even in Canada, she can't go to her studio. And so recently, she she has a pole in her basement. Shout out to her partner who is mad supportive of her workout life of like life and choices. And I love it so much. I'm like, Shoot, yes, baby. absolutely. 100%. I'd support you too. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Word. So shout out to Rob. Um, <laughs> so... She doesn't have the mats that she normally would at her studio. So she put pillows on the floor so that she could still get her workout in. That to me is caution. You have foresight to what might be able to what might happen. Mm -hmm. So you lay down a few things to make the fall a little less hurtful. Mm hmm. Or to help guide you down a down a path that might be a little different. Right. Like you it's. You know, you're setting up, you're hoping to set yourself up for success this time. But 
if you're coming at it and applying a lot of the same feelings or a lot of the same reactions, I think that's rooted in in work that you didn't do healing. Mm, healing from the thing that from the hurt previous you. Mm-hmm, from the thing that hurts you because every single person that comes into your life is going to be different and they're going to bring a different experience and a different narrative now if you start to see a lot of the same behaviors in this other person that led to that hurt then that to me makes sense like it's you're not carrying it over it's just this person for some reason is behaving the same way that the last one did right and if you start to feel like i don't know am i but is it this is it that that's when you call on your mirrors or your friends that you've trusted to be your reflection to hold you up and and paint reality back to you yes absolutely because they're the ones who knew whatever the last person did and how it messed you up Right. Mm -hmm. And so if these are folks that you trust and you start to tell them about the things that are happening with this new person, they should be able to tell you like, Nabu, you need to you need to run, like cut your losses, get out now. Right. And then you have to then decide, do I want to stay? Do I want to continue? Do I want to give them the benefit of the doubt? And I think a lot of times because we don't know how to validate ourselves And don't even always trust the people that we're asking to validate us. We stay giving people the benefit of the doubt and we stay getting hurt. And it and it just takes us even longer to learn how to trust and to learn how to heal. That cycle gets really vicious and really repetitive. Oh, my. I am in the sequel of this horror movie franchise. And in the last movie, I died. And now I'm in the sequel and I'm trying to figure out, is this still a horror movie or am I actually going to live out my rom-com? I don't know. Oh, that makes me kind of nervous, Em. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not that dire. Okay, I hope not. (laughs) I hope not. Because the last one had us all fooled. So if y'all don't know what we're talking about, I think, what episode is that? (laughs) Y'all can go back. Three, four, maybe? I think it's four. I don't remember. Is it four? It might be four. Yeah, you you have to get to a place to where you trust yourself enough. And even if you have to gut check with, you know, with the other folks that provide that mirror for you, mm-hmm. you've got to trust the people that you're asking their opinion for. The thing that, and I am guilty of this, we all are, but doesn't it drive you crazy when the same friend comes to you over and over and over and over and over with the same four complaints about their person? Oh, yes. Why? And I'm just like, honey, we've been at this. Mm-hmm. And I understand when people are, you know, when the situation is a little more complicated, like if you have a child, if I mean, hell, if you own a lot of property together, like if you've like if there are other things that tie you to this individual other than just feelings, I get it. Right. It might be a little harder. But when it's like there's no value add, what the hell are you still doing there? Ooh, what are people still doing there? I don't know. I mean, shit, I've done it. Is it you find comfort in that familiarity? Oh, honey, what's the el costumbre es más fuerte que el amor? Yes, comfort <laughs> is always going to be stronger than love. And let me tell you right now, love is never enough. Love is never enough. Don't let anybody fool you to tell you that love is enough. There has to be trust. There has to be communication. Y'all have to get to know each other. You better respect your partner's love language. Like there has it takes work. It takes work, just like anything else, which is why it's so hard for us to trust ourselves. And if you can't trust yourself, imagine having to do that work and trust another person in your life and trust a partner. I think I need to get right. (laughs) I think a lot of us do. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the same concept of like learning to love yourself, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We all go through through bouts of of self-love and self-doubt and, you know, I don't like this one, but like self-hate, like it, it happens, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But if you don't know how to pull yourself out of those things, you can't actively love somebody else. Mm-hmm. Not that you always have to be in a state of self-love. 
and right. because that's not you know ebbs and flows. But there are ebbs and flows, but just like there are ebbs and flows to self love, there are ebbs and flows to trusting. And in and you've you know you've got to learn to ride those those ebbs and flows. But the trust one, we've got to trust ourselves, y'all. Like. I cannot articulate how important that is. And you've got to learn to do it with your body. You have to. Because at the end of the day, that's all you've got is yourself and your body. Period. Right? Yeah. And, and if you're in a situation where your body is not yours for whatever fucked up reasons, right? Like I recognize that people can be in relationships that are very harming and make us believe that our bodies are not ours. Like there are there are resources out there to help, right? But get to a place where you are in control of your body and you can trust yourself. Because it's so hard to to do this tango with somebody else if if there's no grounding in you, if there's no trust in you. How do how do we get back to that? Like what is something that you, me, our listeners, whoever who's having some faltered issues with our inner compass, like what are some things you can start doing to to find that trust and to feel more assured? I mean, some of the things that I've done I, I mean, they're really simple mm-hmm. and uh, breathing work. I try to almost always ground myself literally like where I'm sitting. I plant my feet flat on the floor, lay my hands open on my knees, and I check in with all of the parts of my body that feel pressure. Mm. And I ask myself, why? Why am I feeling that pressure? And you're you're learning to come to yourself again and recognize where you're holding where you might be holding pain, where you might be holding grief, like where you might be holding exhaustion, right? Like when was the last time you rolled your shoulders back and took a breath so deep that the pit of your stomach like tickled almost Mm. because you just took a second to feel that much oxygen run through your lungs, right? Like small things like that that just get you back in touch with your physical body, like little by little, because then you start to recognize like, oh, there is some tension I've been holding in that shoulder. Like, where is that coming from? Yeah, that happens right. a lot to like my my jaw. Mm-hmm. I notice I have an overbite and yeah. sometimes like my mouth doesn't naturally close. Mm-hmm. Like my, t- I'm trying to display it, but of course y'all can't <laughs> see. <laughs> So like my when my mouth is closed, my teeth aren't touching. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I can I feel it sometimes where I've been biting down, or mm-hmm. like I've pushed out my lower jaw to match up so it's even with my upper jaw, mm-hmm. and it just feels so sore on the side of my face. And I'm like, how long have I been holding my face like this? Mm-hmm. So I I even feel it like in my own face. Yeah, like that that tension recently. Yep, I think I think those are simple things that you can do to start coming back to your body and asking your body what it needs. Just oh. stopping to ask your body what it needs. Wow. And trusting that you know and you have everything that you need inside of you, you know, to make decisions for yourself, to make decisions about your day-to-day, to make decisions about the people you want to surround yourself with. And there's nothing wrong with needing the validation, but make sure that the people who are validating you are people that support you, are people that have your best interest at heart, are definitely people that, you know, don't make you question their intentions. That's not, that's a red flag. (laughs) If somebody is, is if somebody makes you question their intentions, you know, that's shit, I'd ask them about it. You would. You'd be like, hell yeah. That's how you get to the bottom of it. That's the only way to get to the bottom of it. Like, and I am guilty of this recently, in the last couple of years, you know, holding on to experiences because they felt good and it, and it was invigorating and it, and it, and then hell, next thing you know, your girl's caught up and I'm like, oh, 
maybe I should have asked sooner what their intention was. Hmm. Thankfully, you know, said individual and I came out on the other end so much stronger and in a place where I never thought we'd be. And I'm grateful. But it took a lot of tiptoeing. It took a lot of wondering. It took a lot of questioning. It took a lot of of what the fuck am I doing? And then it finally all came to a head and it wasn't pretty. But you also don't like that's exhausting. Nobody wants to do that all the time with people. Mm-mm. You know, ask the questions. If it makes you uncomfortable, shit, start getting to a place where you can be like, mm, you know what? Mm, I don't that. Ouch. Like that didn't feel very good. Like, can we talk about that? Yeah. You know, and that takes practice, too. That takes time. Because there might be some times when, <laughs> when you know, we're also causing that individual discomfort. So we'd have, you know, if you're going to be willing to acknowledge it in someone else, you're going to have to be willing to receive that same kind of mm-hmm. call to pause and reflect and, and yep. check out what just happened. A hundred percent. But that's the kind of work that allows you to come back to yourself and allows you to trust yourself again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do, I do want to acknowledge like the great privilege you and I have as, you know, able-bodied, healthy people to, or, you know, people who can trust our bodies. Mm-hmm. That's something that's so wonderful. It's such, such a, mm-hmm. a beautiful thing that I, I take Absolutely. for granted all the time. A hundred percent. I do too. I do too. And if, if for whatever reason you don't have, like, that's not your reality, the folks that are around you who are your mirrors need, need to be good for you, mm-hmm. you know, and there can still be this sense of like questioning, right? Maybe you don't feel it in your physical body, but maybe your emotions tell you, right? right? Maybe your, maybe your head, maybe your, your brain is like, mm mm right? So just really learning like where, where that sits for you. Where does it sit for you? Like for me, I know it sits in the pit of my stomach, the back of my neck. Those are the two places it sits most often. Wow. I think I need to, I, I don't know if we're talking about how we're going to be our best mejor sola selves just yet, <laughs> but I already have my homework. We can, boo. Thank you. Thank you, Des, for, for really like leading in this conversation. I, I was really yeah. uneasy. Like I did my homework for our episodes, did some journaling and reflecting and coming to this space too. I was still like, hey, I, I need your guidance. And if you're comfortable with providing that for me while we record, I think it would be a really <laughs> cool episode because I think everyone should experience someone like Desiree. Um, Stop it. <laughs> you're a beautiful mirror. For real. Thank you, boo. If this, thank you. If this episode taught y'all anything, it's it's the kinds of mirrors that you can expect from incredible people, mm-hmm. and everyone needs a Desiree. You You're know, so sweet. I can't stop <laughs> it. <laughs> yes, and I I am a direct reflection of of a lot of the love that I receive. So remember that. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't have any more chocolates for these feelings. <laughs> I ate my one comfort chocolate. <laughs> you can have two. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, I think I might. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to spend some time this week. I really want to get to know where that sits. Where does that discomfort, where does that uneasiness, or even like, where does my intuition pull and push me? in my mm-hmm. physical body and I want to start listening to that a lot more and I think yeah. because I don't have all the people physically in my life to interact with and and bounce these ideas and feelings off of all the time I'm more contained now I think mm-hmm. now is a great time to figure out where all those feelings sit for me and and yep. maybe even like joy like where does joy sit for me yes Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Where does humor sit for me? Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna start drawing some some maps of my body Do it. and, and oh, see that's where beautiful. things fit. I love that. Joy for me sits in my eyebrows, y'all. 
if I'm laughing, but I'm, there's like a there's a line that like tells you, yeah, it sits in my eyebrows. So she funny. is Anyways. not lying, y'all. I'm not. Go look at any picture of her smiling. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah, it sits in my eyebrows. Uh, most of my emotions actually sit in my eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Your little yeah. telegraphers or your eyebrows letting us mm-hmm. know how you're feeling. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, how are you going to be your best mejor sola self this week? Oh, goodness. I am committed. So I had to start a new journal, y'all. I left my old journal in our office, which is closed uh, until further notice. That's so sad. And I, at first I was sad. I was like, damn, because I'm the person that like likes to finish a journal, like last page status. <laughs> and this one isn't even halfway through. But there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm just like, you know what? Fuck it. Because <laughs> it was time to let it go anyways. So I started a new journal. Wow. And I, I also started it alongside of um, Chani Nicolás's book, um, which I think I talked about last time. Mm-hmm. So I've been using that journal for that. And uh, this is the first this episode was the first time that I wrote anything before us recording. I normally just put it on my phone and like stick it in a document on um, whatever we use, whatever yeah. platform we use. Uh, but it felt really good to consult cards to talk to the ancestors about today's episode so i think i am going to commit to um doing a little more ritual yeah absolutely that's beautiful des thanks boo yay i love that and you know going back to what you started us all off with you know you're taking the remnants of something that was left behind and you're finding new power Mm -hmm. and It's as simple as starting a new notebook. Uh, yep, absolutely. Starting a new <laughs> notebook and deleting a couple things on my social media. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right, boo. Thanks for today. Thank you for today. I love you. I love you, I love you so much. <laughs> All right, amores. Remember to be gentle to yourself. Because your first love should be you. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can follow Mejor Sola Podcast at Mejor Sola Podcast on Instagram and Mejor Sola Pod on Twitter. Tag your bestie and get to loving your best Mejor Sola self.